Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. Hey, real quick, me and Gary wrapped this one up without really saying where you can find all his music. But if you go on Google and you search Gary Ramsey, a lot of his stuff comes up. You can search Gary Ramsey SoundClick, Gary Ramsey SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, whatever. He'll come up. But if you look in the description of this podcast, you'll see links to all of his stuff, including links to the Ramsey Loikinen project. Some of that stuff's a little bit separate out, but you'll find it with the rest of Gary's stuff as well. He's got a lot of stuff online, so if you want to hear his music, there's plenty out there. Please check it out and uh, enjoy this episode. It's a great one. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. And so there's there's Falcon. She may come out. She's she's probably going to hide. And oh, yeah, then, well, then I've got... Well, i got a cat that thinks he's a dog, so... I've got Johnny Paycheck, but he's probably going to hide. He Johnny may hide. Pa- you can name your cat Johnny Paycheck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, see, I, I, there was a cat at work that, out in the back alley. <laughs> and we were feeding her, and then I noticed she was pregnant. So I brought her, brought her home to have her babies. And, um, yeah, you can move that out of the way. That's why I wear these shades, man, black, bright light. And everybody says, why well, you wear shades in the house, inside? us because when you cool as me, the sun shines on you, no matter where you are. Yes. But that dude asked me, today I was in the somewhere in the store, and I was getting shit, and this dude was in the line. He said, man, said, what kind of dope are you on? I said, none. I said, I'm naturally like this. <laughs> I couldn't imagine me on speed, <laughs> but but I, but I did. I brought the uh, I brought the cat home, let her have her babies here, and I named them all after country music. Oh, that's stars. cool as shit. There man. was Johnny Paycheck. I had a Conway, a Waylon. I mixed them up when I did mine. I I did the same thing with some cats. I named mm-hmm. them country singers, but I mixed them up like Tammy uh, Loretta Winnette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tam, Tammy Lynn. And that's just Falcon. I've had that's I've had her the longest. She's 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 kind of a bitch sometimes, but she's pretty friendly. I mean, as long as you're not messing with me, man. Animals like me. I got deer that come up to me. Fucking all the animals out of the woods come up to me. I had possums walk up to me and shit on the porch. Yeah, hummingbirds were flying around me the other day, man. Tina said, "What the hell?" She walked out and I had like a dozen hummingbirds just circling me. Yeah, and she said, "I was there like trying to touch them. They was just they they were right in my face, but they never touched me." Yeah, but it was trippy, man. I thought I was getting attacked by bees at first. <laughs> <laughs> but but Johnny, when I first got Johnny, he was all he was a, he was very much he liked people that came over. But then my daughter brought over a dog one day oh, and man. scared the crap out of him. And ever since then, like anytime he anybody comes shy. up here, he just hides. Yep. I guess he's afraid somebody's gonna bring that something cat. up here. And I've got Sylvester, who is the mama cat. Oh yeah. She's she's in the bedroom there because Falcon just kind of hates her. I don't know why. She doesn't. Sylvester's never done anything to Falcon, but Falcon just cannot stand her. Is it to another female, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's why. Territorial. So I I keep, I keep either Falcon stays in the bathroom or she stays in there. And and every now and then I've got these gates up. I'll I'll leave the door open and I have to put something above the gate because Falcon will jump right over it. But I'll leave it open so they can interact. But they just basically just make noises at each other and then try to get at each other through the through the, yeah, the no, gate. Sure. I've seen it. <laughs> that cat next door come over and man, oh. I was getting in my cat's bowl. When that cat first showed up, it was a kitten. It was a little tiny kitten. Somebody threw it out. Yeah. And I just took it in. And I started feeding it. It would never come in the house. 
and the dogs are just like freaking out, staring out the window at it, just whining and crying. Roscoe down there had a conniption trying to get it, just watching that dog. He was obsessed watching that cat. And then when they find, I'm scared to let them out with it, you know, because I thought, well, they're going to hurt it. Yeah. Shit, man. So they let it out. That cat ran up to them, started nuzzling them and shit, and they were right all over it, man, eating it up. This yeah. cat is weird. I've watched what's out and it's laying there and letting right, a mouse run up and down his belly while it's playing with it. <laughs> and then letting it go. And didn't even try, didn't even kill it, didn't even try. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've seen videos of things like that. If that dog could, if that cat could bark, I think he would, because every, I go walk the dogs, he's right there with his man, right in front of us. Yeah, I walked out there one night and the full moon was hitting and all those deer were out there. And I said, the dog just went straight down there among them, and deer didn't run or shit. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about being right on the microphone. Oh, I, um, I got you. I, it I works it. better that way. Yeah, it does, because if you get right on it, what I do is I just kind of have, like have goes, it. It's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people do that sometimes. And I, I can deal with it, like if it happens once or twice, but as long as people don't get up on it. If like I laugh out loud, I'm going to turn that way. Because then I, I have to turn it down or yeah, whatever. But like this, I can I can work with the volume no matter how it works out. But um, we, we can go ahead and sort of get started here. Um, Gary Ramsey's from Kings Mountain, and I, I first became aware of Gary, Gary because I used to live beside of Gary when I was a kid over on Waco time. Road. Way yeah. long time ago. Three, I lived at 308 Waco Road, and he lived right next door. We didn't know each Before other. Before our house burned down. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We, we didn't know each other. We, we were, we're, we're kind of far apart in age, and I was, I was a little kid at that time, so there was no basically reason. basically saying I'm old. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there was really no reason for us to have known oh, each right. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was always high, so, so probably and, didn't know um, you mean anyway. But, you know. I knew you played music. I remembered seeing the the van drive around Kings Mountain oh, said the machine, machine on the side yeah, of it. The and bomb, you played music, so I was always kind of aware that you were there, you know, doing stuff. And then, you know, I started playing music, but was playing punk rock and stuff. Oh, oh dude, I like y'all uh, stuff, man. But we, we, you know, we kind of, kind of, I knew that when you were into you at the rooster, that was pretty cool, man. And y'all got up that night, y'all jammed, man. I was like, oh god, man, it's really a killer, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a good show. I, I kind of hate that we're not a lot of punk. We're, we're not doing it right now, but we, we're working on something else, and, and you know. Van Huskins may be back in the near future, but we'll, we'll see. It's man, just you're a great band, man. Everybody just needs some time off from that band at the moment. Trust me, I know. I know that feeling. <laughs> so, I know that you feeling. know, things happen. That's why I don't have a band now, because I just get tired of babysitting adults, and it's, I just get tired of the arguments and the, and the egos and stuff, and everybody. Mm-hmm. That's why I do all my stuff on a flash drive. I've been begging some people to go play with me, though. I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say that you know they, they got tired of being in bands because it was like babysitting. Man, it was like babysitting, or you know, hoarding yeah. a bunch of kids sometimes. Well, especially like if, if if you're the only person that's serious about. Well, now when shows I was hiring and, bands, I hire a band. I mean, I would still do that. I'll hire a band to back me up, and I'll give them the tracks to a month ahead of time that mm-hmm. I want to do, and let them learn them. Yeah, and, and you know, if they do it, I pay them. I pay them good. I always yeah. pay them good. And I always if it's like a forty five minute set, they get a hundred bucks each. If it's a damn longer set, they get they get all the money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do it for money. If I did it for the money, I'd quit a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I say that too. Uh, if you want to stick any of those in the refrigerator, you can oh, too. Get cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I, I think I told you, and you've already kind of shown me a picture of what you're going to talk about. But yeah. you know, I always start off with with like an early musical memory, something that, uh, that you saw as a kid, or something that, as a kid that kind of grabbed you musically yeah, man. That, that you never forgot about. This right here changed my destiny. Mm-hmm. I, was, I used to draw all the time. Yeah, and somebody entered me into a thing with Marvel Comics. Yep. So I had the chance at the age of sixteen to go draw for Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. They came to my mom and dad's house. You know, we were all sitting there, and and they were offering the job. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom and dad's, where's it at? And they said New York. And they said no. Immediately said no. So not long after that, I went straight. I was fifteen. I was still fifteen. It was mm-hmm. a fifteen year old, and I went in. That my buddy said, "Hey man, you want to go see Led Zeppelin?" I said, "Who's that?" <laughs> 
No, I was done with it. I like I didn't like any music because all I grew up with was country. Oh, so what's I gonna say? So like like living in Kings old Mountain, school country. Like getting exposed to some of that stuff was it took a little while. Yeah, it did because it wasn't around. I mean, it yeah. was around, but not not particularly where I was yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, we're, my mom and dad were old school country, and my grandparents were old school country. My mm-hmm. grandfather played guitar and did all that bluegrass stuff. And uh, but I went with him to that concert, and I'm standing in front of the stage, and I had this little bitty Polaroid camera, mm-hmm. and I remember standing going. I took about six pictures, and that was the only one. I got this one right here. That only that's the only good one that came out. Yeah, because yeah. all the smoke, man. There was so much smoke in there. It was Bonham's <laughs> birthday, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who they were, but they were jamming, man. They were jamming so good. And I was like, oh my god, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I looked around at all the chicks flipping out and stuff. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. Now was this at the Charlotte Coliseum? No, we were at Greensboro. Greensboro, Greensboro okay. Coliseum, nineteen seventy-seven. It yeah. was like two and a half hour show, man. And, I, and they were all complaining, saying it didn't sound like the album. I was like. I'm gonna get these albums. <laughs> <laughs> was so, there was there an opening band or was it just no? The, it was just straight yeah, just, up yeah, Zeppelin, yeah. man. It was killer. That's still I can still see that like it was yesterday, man. I can still smell the room and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's one I, of those memories that just got, like sunk in so hard. Yeah, I've got those and, memories too. And yeah. a plant standing there down. He didn't have to run around and jump around. He didn't have to. Mm-hmm. He just he warbled that stuff out, man, and it came out in the bottom, of course. That's why I got a drummer that played like bottom Scott Norwood. That's somebody played just like bottom man. Yeah, but um. I was just there amazed, and I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. Never seen anything since. I've been to a thousand concerts, man. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything like that. Now, at that point, had you ever played guitar or had no, any I, interest I, I, in no, music at all? I did not. I, I, when I decided I wanted to learn to play guitar, I, I met a guy named Danny Bridges. Mm-hmm. Red, Red Bridges, one of the, one of the best yeah, yeah. guitar players that was around here, really. Yeah, yeah. And I said, man, can you show me a couple of chords? So he said, yeah, man. And he showed me a, D, or a G and a D and a C. Mm-hmm. And I probably, you know, I, I, I went home and had that little Sears acoustic, that little piece of crap acoustic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went home and I played that thing. Man, I, over and I played that G and that D and that C over and over and over. And, I, and, and uh, before the night was over with, I wrote a little ditty with it. Mm-hmm. Showed him the next day. He said, you already wrote a song, man. <laughs> he said, that ain't right. And I was like, man, I didn't mean to. I said, is it bad? He said, no, nah, man, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said, I can't believe you did it. And he said, I ain't never wrote a song. I said, What? It amazed me, man, because I thought everybody could write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought everybody could. That, that freaked me out when I found out they couldn't. I mean, it's not that they can't; it's just they don't apply. It. Yeah, I was gonna say some people probably can and just they just don't apply. Don't they're they're worried they about can, trying, yeah. worried about what's my thing. So that's when you got to open up and bury them scars, man. You bury them scars. That's how I keep my demons out of my gourd. That <laughs> was like us when we when we learned like. Me and my friend Matt, we just made a bunch of noise one night up here. Right. We made a bunch of noise, recorded like 90 minutes worth of noise. It wasn't, you know, I, I could play a little bit of stuff on guitar, but not much. And some of it sounded like music, but a lot of it did not. But then we decided to make it a real band. All we had to do was like learn a power chord. And then, you know, it was like, oh, the first song we wrote was, the guitar player wrote it, but it was just two chords. It was just two chords. That's what it takes sometimes. And, and then the next the song we wrote was was three chords. And then three just, chords in the truth. You know, and then, the it, then it just, it went from there. It's like, yes, you know. Exactly. It doesn't have to be all extravagant and fancy to be good. And that one two chord song is still like, anybody that remembers the style in Johnny Appleseeds, that's like that's, that's oh, yeah, their favorite man, song. Dude. That's their favorite song. Rabies Man. <laughs> it, really? I, man, that's pretty cool, though. Cause I, you know what just me out, though, is when that, like we were talking about Machine, I wrote 80 songs with those guys, man. Yeah. All the, I wrote all the lyrics, and, you know, and let's say 90% of the lyrics, rather. Mm-hmm. Chris would come up to me with an idea with a couple of lines, and I would just take it from there. But, uh, man, there was a guy in the grocery store come up to me and said, I remember all your songs. I said, you do? He started singing my lyrics to me. Yeah. So every song he was singing lyrics, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was tripping out. I was like, holy crap, super fan. We had T-shirts and all that crap, man. But then, I'm, you know, 
it, like like you said, everybody needs a break. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, like before, so before we get to the machine, because right. I, I don't know if that's one of the first things you did. Uh, no, no, first so, thing I did after that was I got that I learned how to play the guitar and yeah. stuff. And I did, and after I learned how to do those chords, I learned how they they sound right. Mm-hmm. So I started just playing along with the radio, yeah, yeah. seeing where I could find it. Mm-hmm. And I would run my hand at the neck, one note at a time until I found the note for the yeah. first song. <laughs> yeah. and I say, I see where it was at, and I look it up, and I'm like, oh, okay, I know what chord that is now. So. And it went from there, and and about a year after that, I was I met a guy named Kevin Lovelace. After I'd been playing, I mean, I I didn't I forgot getting a license, mm-hmm. I forgot getting a girlfriend. I did everything. I, I mean, I, somebody said I wrote him a love letter in eighth grade. I cracked up and said, No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, Man, I like Kiss, Star Wars, yeah, and all that in comic books. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no way I wrote no girl in a letter. No way. <laughs> anyway, it's just but I did, man. I didn't. I forgot all my comic book collection. I got rid of my comic book collection to buy me an amp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just did all that stuff, and I went to meet. I met Kevin Childers, and we just sit in his room with a little Tascan four track. Okay, yeah. And we, he said, "We're well, going to play." I said, "I like them blues songs, man." He said, "Well, we can do some blues." And we he hit record, and I started playing. I just started doing freestyle lead runs, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, "Hell, that sucks," but everybody was like freaking out. They said, "You only you only been playing how long?" I said, "About a year and a half." Oh, that's when the rumor started. I was selling. I sold my soul. <laughs> I cracked up. I said, "Oh man, where's the crossroads in Kings Mountain?" <laughs> I said, "The ones down there, down there toward Tom's is closed." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, you, you must be crazy. I said, "It's called practice. It's yeah, called yeah. rehearsal. It's called staying on it." Mm-hmm. I, I'm 62 and I ain't stopped yet. Yeah, I yeah. play every day. I play. I pick up my guitar and play something every day. Yeah, even if it's nothing. So when you recorded. You said you kind of recorded some blues stuff. Too. Was it that turned into a band, or is that no? Just, we just, just we just did that little four track man. We'd go up there and just get us a half gallon of whiskey and mm-hmm. kick back, and just record and play. Yeah, just having a good time. Hell, I was, I was young, man. I wasn't even sixteen yet. He was still fifteen or something, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. He was still he was younger than me, a couple years younger than I. But he played the hell of a bass, man. He could play a bass like it was nobody's business. Mm-hmm. That song "Gone Woman Blues" I got on YouTube. That's that's the song I'm talking about. Okay, it's still on. It's still out there, man. Yeah. Is that the same recording from yeah, back then? Yeah, exact same recording. Okay, yeah, same cool. exact same recording from that day. It was one of those captured moments that you couldn't recapture. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why I tell people now. I said, I live for the right now, man. Because mm-hmm. that's what we got, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you, really. The memories you got are the yeah. best part. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we started doing that. And that's when uh, Roller was running around here. Chris Short and Mark Short had their band Roller, J.B. Okay. Nicholson, all them. And they, my brother ran sound for them. I mean, that's how I met those guys. Yeah. So I got the damn views a local band playing, mm-hmm. which I'd never seen that before. Yeah, I was thinking, well, I would love to go to another concert, you know, and then they had one in the restaurant parking lot, Peggy's restaurant parking lot. Man. Yeah. And I went out there and checked that out. I was like, holy crap, I got to meet these guys. Me and Chris Short became best friends after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I joined a band called Upstairs Connections after that. These dudes asked me to come play bass with them and sing because their bass player, Billy Limeberger, was about to pass away from cancer. He mm-hmm. had to have a replacement, and he told them to check me out. Mm-hmm. I said, I ain't never played bass before. I don't know. So... That's 
started learning the songs they had, but I didn't have time to learn them all the way through and good. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the drummer got us a gig at a beach club. Yeah. Now, picture this. Were you playing like beach music or no. was it rock and roll? Or? Picture this. We're at a beach club. Mm-hmm. Opened up with Crazy Train. Okay. And then, then followed that with She's uh, what that? So she's Fresh by Cool in the Game. Okay. And then Everything But a Beach Song. And these people were like, when we did, <laughs> he said, that owner said, if you don't do one beach song, he said, I'm going to fire you and you're not going to get paid. And then I didn't know the songs, right? Mm-hmm. Danny was taking me out behind the bar between our breaks, between our sets, and showing me the bass leaks to all the songs. And I'd go on stage right after that and play them. <laughs> I had to do it right like that. Uh, it was funny. We just said, when Mark, when that guy told us that, we just, he said, you know, wipe out. I said, what key? He's doing the knee. I said, all right, let's go. And he, all I do is a doom, doom. He got a little boogie run. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we did it like a 20 minute version of a well, wipeout. It, yeah. it was like a dance contest, man. It was unreal. <laughs> that dude cussed us out the whole night. I told Marcus, man, I said, dude, why would you do that? <laughs> I, even, I, even at that time, I knew better than that. Yeah, and there's it, Johnny Paycheck. Johnny. <laughs> he's probably going to go high Johnny. now. He's a, he's a sweetheart, too, though. He's they just all the sweetest are, man. He can be. They don't treat him right. Yeah, yeah. Animals are a product of their environment. Oh, yeah. Kitty. Well, I don't know why. There's got to be a better way to call the cat, though. More masculine, man. Cause not, you're like, kitty, kitty. I look weird out there, out there in my yard going, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> like, he just go, here, cat. And he just go, hey, buddy. <laughs> I had a cat named C80 one time. The vet tripped out. He said, what do you name it? I said, C80. He said, hey, spell that. I said, C-A-T. <laughs> <laughs> Dog named Yoji. <laughs> I see AT. I see. I, I get that. <laughs> They're freaking out in there. I said, spell it like this. Yeah, man, my mom, my dad, here's the thing, though, was what stopped me from them getting further out there. Mm-hmm. My dad passed away, and my mom was raising seven kids by herself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I quit school and went to work. Yeah. And helped her with the kids, with my brothers and my siblings, all the way until I was 18. And mm-hmm. I took off to California. And once I hit L.A., Dude, I was there. For, yeah. I was there for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. I, man, I loved the whiskey. God, that was such a cool... Met Lemmy, and he told me to fuck off. <laughs> I went running across there. Jimmy told me to fuck off! <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Lemmy, Mr. Rabbit, come on, I love your songs, man. He said, fuck off. <laughs> I was, man, I was elated, man. I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's a story to tell and for even sure. the bartender said he never speaks to anybody. <laughs> I said, no, well, he told me to fuck off. He said, well, he meant it. <laughs> <laughs> So cool! Though, I, man. I thought that. that was a badge of honor, man. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, let me do it. Fuck off! He didn't even look like himself, though, man. He didn't look like the the videos or nothing like that. He's just like he looked really tired. Yeah, that's what he looked like. I've been there, though. Been there, done that. People yeah. thought it was glamorous. He is nowhere near as glamorous as people think it is. So, so you moved out to L.A. to to I, try to make it, or no? I just moved out to L.A. just to go to L.A. Just to go to L.A. Just, oh, okay, just to get away. Man, I used to dart at map and just wherever it hit, that's where I'd go. Yeah, and uh, but L.A. Man, I liked it. I liked it a lot, especially because I I found an apartment. I looked at it and found a little one room apartment mm-hmm. above this tattoo parlor on Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And well, it wasn't one room; it had two rooms, but two bedrooms and one living one big living room. Yeah, and uh, and the, all the kitchen and all that shit was in one room. But um, a friend of mine wanted a roommate. He was going to help me do it. you know. And this dude wound up, he was selling drugs really big time to some of these people. And mm-hmm. even the one, Jerry Garcia, was in rehab. <laughs> he came home one night. He said, man, he was white as a ghost. He said, you can't believe what happened. I said, what? He said, I killed Jerry Garcia. I said, what? <laughs> and I said, man, don't be playing. I said, he, he wouldn't say nothing else or elaborate. I said, man, don't tell nobody that shit. I said, you get killed over that crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, as peaceful as the deadheads are. <laughs> Man, you tell him you killed their god. 
And he said, no, nah, I'm just playing, man. I said, okay, I don't know whether you're playing or not now. <laughs> you're making me nervous. I said, do I have to move? And fortunately, I was outside. I went to walking down the street one day. I can't remember what I was going to get. Something for something to eat, I'm pretty sure. No, I was going, probably going to the Coke dealer's house. I, and I was going down the road, and uh, I met this sidewalk preacher, <laughs> mm-hmm. and his name was Curtis Curtis. <laughs> okay. First name, same as his last. Yeah. And uh, we were standing there talking, and all of a sudden, the damn ground just said, rippled like water. And it was one of that big earthquake that tore up. It rippled all the way out to San Francisco, man. Mm-hmm. It was one that made that bridge fall and stuff. I mean, we were out there that, where it started and shit, man. It's just like it's like horrifying. Mm-hmm. I'd never been that freaked out in my life. I mean, I already knew the trimmers. I saw the trimmer people sitting around, you know, didn't even know how to bother them. I yeah, think, well, yeah. it's not so bad. Well, I got to see what was so bad. <laughs> First thing, I said, I went straight to my room after it got after everything stopped, and we could get up, stand up mm-hmm. without getting knocked down again. And uh, went right back to my apartment and got my backpack. <laughs> And I, my guitar, and I packed everything up, and I started walking. Yeah. Straight up the highway. I, I remember going straight toward Vegas. I said, what, which way do I go? They said, toward Vegas. I said, all right, it's later. They said, are you really going to leave? I said, I'm getting out of here. The ground don't want me here. I don't need to be here. <laughs> so while you were in, in L.A., though, did you play in any bands, or did you play any I, music? I got to do uh, music. I did music. I was, I was more like a hired gun back then. Mm-hmm. I would go in there and do different things, either bass runs or, or guitar lick, or just for somebody who couldn't show up for that, for their recording, yeah. just so they could get the stuff done. And they would come in later and probably fill it in, I mm-hmm. guess. But I'd go in there and stand in for people, and they pay cash. I never did something, you know. They and I signed with one guy, and it just man, when they start acting like they on you, mm-hmm. I just couldn't deal with that, man. And the way they, the deals they give these cats, man, is just awful, dude. I mean, eighty ten, I mean ninety ten, and the record company here's the deal with them. That's why I told everybody, don't sign shit. They would give you the money for the album. Mm-hmm. They would pay you for the tour. And they would take, they would zip that deal out 90 10 or 80 20, that's 80 20 being generous. Mm-hmm. And they'll do that for you. And then when you go out there to do this stuff, you do the album you do on the tour, right? You're on tour. And you realize you're not getting any money mm-hmm. because the record company gets their 80% first. And then that 20% that you thought you were getting, they get to pay toward what you owe them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the fun. That was the messed up part. They don't tell you about that too, unless you read the fine print. Yeah. I've I've heard uh, people talk about that too. Man, like, it's you know, not you know you walking riding down the road in a bus and you run out of cigarettes, you run out of food, you run out of stuff. And it's just unreal, man. And the record company, and then they want to slide you some more money, <laughs> but that adds to what you owe. Them. What you owe them, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think the Rolling Stones yeah. are still on tour? Yeah, they owe the record company. <laughs> yeah, you think the record company is going to help you put out a record and it's they all going to be, man, and then you're going to be a, a millionaire from it, but. The record company pays for it up front, then you got to pay them all back for and, it. And, yes, exactly. Back in the days, in those days, they were signing everybody there, man. They were signing Warrant, Poison, and Van Halen, and all those cats. We, mm-hmm. I saw all them cats when they were playing the whiskey before they signed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen with his back turned playing guitar, man, so nobody could copy his league. <laughs> it was a trip. Yeah. But everybody hung out there, man. I mean, the whiskey was a trip. We thought, we thought Vince Neal was a girl. Because <laughs> he looked like a chick. <laughs> they were mean, but fucking Motley Crue got in a fight every night. Yeah, yeah. Every night. Yeah. But it was a trip, man, because when I came back home, after I got home, I, I mean, I hitchhiked the whole way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got ramboed a couple of times. A cop picked me up and take me from one side of town to the other just to keep me from going through town. And I walked through some of those spooky-ass towns that nobody was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just ba- vacant. Uh, that was creepy. Remind me of every horror movie I ever saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, then I got home, and everybody was, like, freaking out, and they were telling me about this band uptown that was playing. And I went up here, up, uptown here, uh, yeah, in that yeah. big white building. Yeah. 
I remember driving by and, and hearing the band practice. Well, the police station yeah. was right there. Yeah, because yeah, the police station was right behind the, the band room. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I walked up there, and I opened the door, and I was standing there watching them playing, and, and they noticed me standing there. So I'm standing there, hair down on my ass, you know, tattoos, and, mm-hmm. and I'm still young, but I still had a little mileage on me. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I got in there, and they said, man, we just, you just appeared out of nowhere. And it, and it turned out the bass player was the singer, and he was looking to just play, just sing, not play mm-hmm. bass. And he said, you play anything? I said, a little bit. I dabble. And he said, can you play bass? I said, let me see. I said, what songs do y'all do? And they started naming them off. I said, can we try that one? Mm-hmm. And we did that, and we went through it. And he, and he said, yeah, man, you're hired. <laughs> so now it was Machine, was it? No, it wasn't Machine. It wasn't Machine. Oh, it wasn't, it was oh, it wasn't Machine. Okay. Was this before Machine? Or? Yeah, way, yeah, before Machine. It, okay. it started out with the upstairs connection when that guy did the beach club thing. That was my last gig. I was thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I ain't doing that. Then I, then I came back, and that's when I took off to California. He came back, jammed uh, with a... Uh, up here uptown with with the uh, vicious mm-hmm. now was that cut co- mostly cover songs or yeah, all covers yeah it was all cover songs all covers. basically till i got there yeah <laughs> then i started showing them my, all my original stuff i showed them masters of the gore when i first showed them that song man in 1985 mm-hmm. 1987 somewhere no is that near that 92 93 95 95 i showed you masters of the gore he said man that's too fast nobody's gonna like that <laughs> <laughs> I get lost on the tram track there. I can't remember because I'm old too. That's <laughs> that trust me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there myself. I so. can remember how I letter. I can remember the lyrics to a '70s song and forget why I went to the fridge. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> then I started doing jamming with them. We wrote like eight original. I wrote like eight originals with them. Just stuff I showed them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's where I met Chris. You know, uh, the second time because the first time I met him, he was with Roller and, and Mark. Mark. Now, here's the story about the vicious that really set it off different. It made us. We were we were Mark got us an interview with the newspaper, mm-hmm. and uh, rest his soul, he, he's passed now. And he, he actually called me and apologized before he died. But um, he uh, had set up an interview with the newspaper at Peggy's restaurant. They made us there. He said, "Now everybody, just be quiet. I'll do all the talking." Mm-hmm. Okay, that was good with me, man, because I was still shy back then. <laughs> Imagine that shit. But uh, I was still shy. I wasn't gonna say that. But I just I went in. I'm just sitting there as me. Dressed as me, doing me, you know, doing mm-hmm. me. And um, when it come time to, they started asking the rest of the band questions. And everybody get their answers real short and curt, you know. Not me, buddy. They came to me and they started asking me stuff that was interesting, you know. I was like, well, hell, I got an answer for that. Mm-hmm. So I started answering them. And then the next day when the paper came out, well, the next paper that came out, the interview was in it. I remember looking at it and going, oh, no. Had everybody's little paragraph in there, mm-hmm. and mine was this long. And it said, the most colorful and interesting member of the group. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Didn't mean for that to happen. So I go to the band room that night for band practice, and he quit. <laughs> he just said, fuck it, you can have it. I said, man, I can't sing. That's when I started singing. Yeah, I never sang a note in my life until then. And I had to start learning those songs. I said, well, the first thing we're doing is getting rid of the Bon Jovi tunes. Mm-hmm. Not doing Bon Jovi. 
Bon Jovi does Bon Jovi. I don't want to do the covers like the like the bands do it. I said, I don't, I said if we want to see the band, people want to see that band, they can get to watch that band. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it our way. And that's that's the way I've always done it, man. Just I'd rather do it, take it away from where you found it. My mm-hmm. buddy, I have a blues friend named Bobby Mercy Oliver, told me that a long time ago. And I don't know if you, do you know Funky Geezer? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I you know, know what, of him. Where he's got a saying, it's unreal, man. If you rest, you rust. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact, man, because I'm telling you, I have not stopped. Everybody else was quitting by playing and stuff. Just then decided they were going to go do the real-life jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. which I've done real-life jobs. Yeah. I just didn't like them. It wasn't me. I bought that. I'd be standing there working on it. You know what? I don't want to do this, and I'd just get up and leave. Yeah. Didn't even go get my last check because I didn't care about it. But, um, yeah, man, didn't I, I just then I met up with them, and their machine, me and Chris called me, then Chris called me one day, said, man, we ought to start a band. I said, Okay. And he said, I said, I know a drummer, and that was Scott Norwood. Mm-hmm. Now, this boy can play like Bonham, man. I'm talking about play like Bonham. So me and Chris and Norwood started a little band. We called it White Trash at first. Okay. We were going to call ourselves White Trash. And then uh, and this builds up to the machine. And we were called White Trash, and we were just sitting there doing our songs. doing it. We were doing, still doing cover tunes because everybody was wanting to hear the cover tunes, but we were doing like obscure ones like Blood, Blood Bath and Paradise by Ozzy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We weren't doing the regular, normal Ozzy. And we did a metal version of uh, the doors, you know, break on through to the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did a metal version of that. And we had a metal version of Eleanor Rigby, we did pretty good on it. But with this, everybody, but me and Norwood were down Zeppelin heads, you know, we were just like dead, dead into Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And then Harold Willis came and watched us play one time. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, man, I'd love to jam with y'all. There he was, he jumped in. And then uh, we went to the studio. After that, we saved up all our money. We were doing gigs. We played this one place in Gastonia, and they sold out of every drop of liquor and every beer, man. That yeah. dude came up and was happy. <laughs> he was a happy camper, man. But we didn't even have a beer to drink when we got done. You know, yeah. like, Damn. He said somebody did the store. <laughs> but uh, that was funny, man. And then all of a sudden, I went to jail. <laughs> Apparently, they sold a joint to an undercover cop. Yeah. They frowned upon that stuff in North Carolina. And they made it, they kept trying to get me to tell on whoever I got it from. And I said, man, I, I didn't get it from nobody. I grew up myself. Yeah. <laughs> and Which I didn't really grow up with that because that's going to grow where I live. <laughs> and uh, they were just trying to get me to snitch. I wouldn't do it. So they made an example of me and I went to court. That judge looked at me and said, I would sentence you to no less than 18 months, no more than three years. Hmm. And I went to prison for joints, man.
So the band was on the road, and they said they, they had a guy named Robert Miller who said he knew the words to the songs. He'd learn them and sing so he could still fulfill the, date, the dates that we had already lined up. Yeah. I said, I'm cool with that, man. I said, just they make sure the, the club's happy. You know, I was good with it. What, where were y'all playing at that time? What, what clubs were you I playing? I Rockies, uh, the Underground. I said, man, everywhere. Jeremiah's. Yeah, Jeremiah's. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah used to call us, man, mm-hmm. just out of the blue. Because he knew if he called us, we'd be there. We'd be there in an hour. And we had a, we had a road crew, unbelievable road crew, man. The Stacy Wells was the mm-hmm. head guy, and he had run these boys, man. They would have our stage set up in fifteen twenty minutes, tore down in fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. The whole setup, man. I'm talking about we went with a whole yeah, yeah. van full of crap, and uh. Station, we, we were they were trip out because they said, Man, you ain't got to do that, you ain't got to carry your own shit. And uh, that's spoiling me too, man, because I still don't carry my own shit. <laughs> 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 I'll get somebody to come with me and say, Man, grab that for me. I'm old. <laughs> well, then I can pull the old ticket on. Yeah, that's, that's I, I, I'm waiting for the day when I can pull that kind of power. Like, yeah, oh, man, you, you, like here, don't here's my roadie. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want my back door. Oh, was it Freeman's the first time I played Freeman's pub with the uh, songwriters night? Mm hmm. I went up there to do that. After Machine split, you know, you know, after everything went sour south of Machine, uh, I started doing just acoustic shows. Yeah. And what, what was when was that? That was probably in like some mid nineties or something. Or late nineties. Late nineties. Around ninety eight. Okay. And uh, I started doing acoustic shows. Mm-hmm. And well, therefore, for a while, I didn't do anything. Man, I just took a break because my ears. I had to let my hearing get back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Because we were always loud as hell. We were loud, but we we were the first band to ever go around and do all. Four sets, five, sometimes five sets, and nothing but original songs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people like that Rockies and Jeremiah's. There, they love that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, man, we played Rockies. That was pretty cool, man. Then uh, we went, we went to the some places, man. It's just they didn't know how to take us. <laughs> <laughs> they said, man, you look like you jump on stage and kick our ass. And, nah, we jump <laughs> off stage and then you buy some beer. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, we had fun. Then I started doing those acoustic shows. I was getting more gigs with the acoustic shows. Mm-hmm. Just there at first, it was like blowing up, man. Everybody's like, "Yeah, he's doing acoustic." It was almost like a rock star movie. Yeah, at the yeah. end, he was doing acoustic shit. Mm-hmm. It was just like that, man. I was uh, getting gigs, and then, and then, like I said, I got that song Stumpy that I can't play or sing anywhere, but I used to be able to. Yeah. And then everybody went inside. They were offended about everything, and I can't do it anywhere. They meet me at the door and say, "You can play any song you got." You can't do that Stumpy song. Yeah. Okay. You can't sing Stumpy. I said, okay. Now I'm in there playing, and everybody's in the, in the crowd on her Stumpy. <laughs> and I'm like, man, they told me I couldn't sing it. Some dude in the back starts singing it. Mm-hmm. Then, then some man on the middle up there, everybody started singing it. Well, I didn't know what to do, so I just stepped back and started playing along. <laughs> yeah. Dude got mad, didn't pay me. I didn't care. It was worth it. <laughs> Where was that at? You... It was in Asheville, a place Asheville. called The Cat. Okay. The Top Cat. Okay. I went over to visit my buddy John. He was he's played with Blue Moon Harem. Have you ever heard those guys? Um, I don't think so. They're out of Boston. They, man, I've had bands coming down from Boston and all that place when I did the open mic for Youngins. Mm-hmm. I was booking bands everywhere, man, just helping people get gigs. And they were driving down from Boston, New York, yeah, from Florida yeah. and stuff. And they they were staying at my house. So I'd just give them a free room and just, you don't got to pay for another room. Just come to the house, man, we'll feed you and all that crap. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the shows. And it worked out pretty damn good, man. We had fun. But John, man, he was a singer from hell, man. Uh, the whole band, great. Dimitri and all of them. Yeah. But they got here, and I was like, why in the world are you guys, I mean, what the hell, where have you been all my life? <laughs> they were sitting there in my living room that night. They got there, just did a little impromptu acoustic set right there mm-hmm. in the living uh, room. my wife up, and she's sitting there going, like, I've never stayed up this late just to hear somebody play music. <laughs> yeah. 
She said, but that had me going. She said, she lost track of time. <laughs> she had to get up the next day to go to work. She said, I still don't feel tired. I said, I know that shit was killer. Yeah, it's cool when you get like a little private private show like that. Private. I course. do that. I, I've actually done that for people this day. I say, man, can, well, how much you charge us to play so and so? I said, how about nothing? Mm-hmm. Beer. Give me a 12 pack. Give me a beer tab. Because I don't do it for the money. Yeah. Cause I, they say, well, what about the money, man? You don't miss it. I said, I can't miss what I didn't have. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's nice to get paid every now and then. But well, then, I've been know, there. But I've got paid for gigs. You know, also like I could play the rest of my life and not get paid for another exactly. show, and I would still still do it and still exactly. enjoy doing it. Exactly, and, and not not be bitter about it at all. Like right. just like that's what I'm. You're giving me money too to do this. I, I, are you sure? <laughs> well, I've got paid for gigs, man. <laughs> yeah. I definitely really get paid for some gigs. I just felt once I then started writing songs like that, and then everybody I found out everybody couldn't write like that. I thought, you know, that's a gift from God that I'm supposed to share. Mm-hmm. So, I felt kind of guilty charging for a gift from God, <laughs> and uh, so I just I just told them. But I could the same thing when I hire a band to play for me. If the bar place pays them, pays mm-hmm. for the gig, they can have that too. I don't even take any of that. I give yeah. it to the band. Yeah, just split it between them plus the hundred I give them anyway. Because I'd like to be fair with everybody, mm-hmm. and that, just like I told them, I'm not into it for that. Because if I, uh, it's like I told this one guy, I said, man, I said, but. My kids are happy, happy. My stepkids are happy and healthy and grown. Dogs ain't got rabies. Mm-hmm. Got food in the fridge. Power's on. The old lady still tolerates me. Yeah. So if I ask for more, man, to be greedy. Mm-hmm. So karma. I like to keep my karma clean. Yeah. Just like you know, I try to be as honest and open as I can with everybody too, man. A lot of people don't know how to take that either. Come <laughs> <laughs> too honest sometimes. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've heard. Yeah, people have spread rumors and stuff. I let them go. I just, most time, I don't either deny or confirm. <laughs> yeah, I let them think what they want to think. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the best way to, to best policy to have. Just, I've heard these rumors yeah. all over. Man, I've heard them from. Uh, I've been dead three or four times. Mm. Uh, so lightning didn't give me. So I don't know how, what else is out there that could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get popped by lightning when I was. A I was getting ready to ask about that. I was about eleven years old, man, standing on oh, the porch. Wow. Standing on the porch. Yeah. There's two rails, metal poles, and mm-hmm. concrete poles. I'm standing looking at this cloud. Going, look at that cloud. My sister Lisa is on the phone behind me. And all of a sudden, there was this bright flash. And the next thing I felt, my feet leave the ground. Mm-hmm. And Lisa said, that thing hit me. She said, all of a sudden, I lit up and flew across the porch and hit the wall and bounced down. I started, I don't remember none of that. Yeah, yeah. I woke up sore, and I was in the ambulance. And they was taking me to the hospital. It didn't even burn me. It just left a scar. It looked like a lightning bolt, man. It was weird. Oh, wow. Went through my shirt right here yeah. to the front. It wasn't the, light, it wasn't the direct bolt. It was what they call a tendril, okay. a small one. Thing yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they said you were one lucky man. I said one lucky young man. I said I don't know what your definition of lucky <laughs> is, but not feeling too lucky right I'm now. Ain't kidding, man. I felt like a rabbit. I felt like that rabbit's foot, <laughs> or, or the rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. It's just I lived that life of Forrest Gump, dude. I got to hang out with some crazy people, some famous people, some homeless people. Just uh, everybody from every walk of life. I got to just. Be part of their lives. Well, I imagine, know. like you know, going to L.A. versus That's for a one thing, part of it, man. but then then you walk back, and so you're going to run into a lot of people. Too, man. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> is a long walk. Until <laughs> I found out about the truck stops at the rest areas and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I go in there at those truck stops, man, and wash dishes for them, make me meal, or then wash the trucks to go be able to take a shower and uh, use a cot and stuff like that, and I get paid. And I, I, I use what little money I'd have just to. Continue on. I, I'd imagine that, that some of the people you met on your way back were probably more interesting than the people you met while you dude, were in LA. Oh my God, yeah, dude. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, there were some really good people out there. Delbert Green was one guy. He was a cop, man, a sheriff in this one little town. Mm-hmm. He went number the post office, the store, 
and the doctor's office and everything was all in one big long building. <laughs> everything was all in one building. And uh, he picked me up. I thought, well, here we go again. You know, and they, they took me home. They fed me a home cooked meal, and then before I left, they slipped me a 50. Yeah. I thought, this is so cool. And he told me, he said, I admire you, man. He says, it takes a lot a lot of guts to walk this way. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't realize how much guts it took. Can <laughs> <laughs> you, you tell me more? <laughs> you know, then I, that's what I he didn't elaborate that much because I didn't realize I was going to get out in the middle of that one road and then... When I wrote the If Loneliness Had a Name, I heard the song called If Loneliness Had a Name, and it cursed me and blessed me at the same time. I need somebody to cry for me. Take this heart I don't need. A cold gray cloud hangs over me. suddenly found out that the road I did it on I saw this road on the news I said hey that's the road where I wrote loneliness and they all of a sudden proceeded to tell everybody why it's the loneliest road in America yeah I went whoa wait a minute and everybody wants to do that song they realize it still loves it to this day and I'm like dang man it's just three chords mm-hmm. and they still like it and I said that that song cursed me because I still stay alone most of the time <laughs> and it blessed me because everybody liked it and wants to day and play it yeah I've had people cover it uh, Megan Crane did it did a phenomenal job Jamie Ledbetter the guys from uh, I don't know what they call her band now how they changed it so many times they changed the name of the band like they changed socks <laughs> but they do it and my sister Lisa liked it there's a bunch of bands that cover a bunch of my songs around here yeah which I don't mind I told them I said I don't care I said hell right better than not letting them sit here and not do nothing you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and I just don't know. I don't know if I don't write I got this condition man where I have the doctor told me they finally diagnosed it, and they said it was a mild form of schizophrenia. Okay. Kind of like, if you ever seen that movie the, the uh, where Russell Crowe played the guy that down did the numbers in his head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that, but I have a jukebox that plays in my head, and it keeps dropping records. When it drops one, I'm listening to it, I hear the whole song. Mm-hmm. The music, the words, everything, I hear it all. And I sit down, and I have to write it. Mm-hmm. If I don't, the next record drops. <laughs> And then it starts messing up the first one, and then the next record drops, and I'm listening to a jumble of music, and that's when I'm writing a really weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, j- jibber-jabber. That's one of those points. <laughs> and 
That's where, but then again, I can't complain. That's where Papa Shine came into play. Okay. I came up with this band called Papa Shine and the Steel, and I write songs for them. So damn, I even got a backstory for one of them. They're old hippies. They took some acid in 1969 at a little place called Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Next day, they didn't remember they're in an old folks' home, <laughs> <laughs> and they decided, that, you know, we're gonna do one more gig. <laughs> and they steal the damn van that uses the old folks' home music, paints it up, paints it up with the flowers and stuff, and they take off on the road. And everywhere they stop, they is. Do a song. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm writing the music for one dude. I do the songs for one dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gone, gone, gone. Dance like the world's on fire. All that shit. Do mm-hmm. all. I do all the voices and everything. Yeah. And so I had people try to hire them for a gig. <laughs> I said, man, I said, you can't. They don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. They don't even live here. Yeah. But then one time I did I did go in there and go to a party dressed as Papa Shine. I had the damn tail, coattails, and the big Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> The top I, I like that there's a backstory and everything. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's like you, you can make a, a movie out of it. You know. Everybody put your hands together. It's pain like the world is on fire. Gotta let love take us higher. It's pain like the world is on fire. It's pain like the world is on fire. It's pain like the world is on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on behalf of the one people of the one world, Today we celebrate you because you are beautiful, you matter to everyone that matters, and you are put here for a reason. Don't let anyone tell you who to be, and don't allow nothing to define who you are. Yeah, everybody does something somewhere sometimes. Makes me wonder why we can't be friends. I don't care who you are loving, who you worship, or the color of your skin. You're all welcome in my house Knock on the door and come on in Ain't no wars on my shores Open the door and come on in And I could even see the videos they made, man, yeah. the songs. That's why when I go, to, go in there and start a day, I think it's been a big help. Because I go in there and use that, I just type in what I want, prompt it. Mm-hmm. And it'll pop up three or four different versions of what I, the pictures I have made, and I pick out the best one, and I put it on the video. Yeah. 
But I still, I still think they should have watched Terminator before they started up with all these damn AIs. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if it's all such a good idea. I've, I've, I've messed around with some of that AI art oh, and the, it's like the Mandela. GPT, but I've, I'll mess with it too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't let them in. I ain't going to invite it over for dinner. But it's like the damn Mandela effect. I swear to God, I think we bounced into a different universe. Yeah. Because there's creatures out there now that we never knew about. When, when did, you, did you remember being taught that California was an island before it was part of the United States? I don't remember that. No. Look at a map from 1500 is an island. <laughs> and then the Kennedy thing, man. I remember four people being in the car. Mm. There's six. The whole Bernstein Bears thing freaks me out, too. Does I remember that, too? Yeah. Me and Tina used to do the All in the Family song, theme song for karaoke. Mm-hmm. And we've been singing the same words, just like the old original words forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're looking at it. The next time we're looking at it, all of a sudden, it just the words changed. I'm like, what the hell? Said, that ain't what we've been seeing. I said, we memorized the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was weird, man. It was, I think the purpose, I think why that happened is CERN. They did that Hadron Collider and kicked us into it, bumped into somebody. Yeah. <laughs> some of their shit spilled over here and some of their tires spilled over there. But I mean, I ain't complaining either. Man. Just let, give us a heads up. Yeah. Uh, let me know when I'm going to see two suns or two moons and shit. And the Miro and all that crap. Now, my, where I live, my backyard is apparently a UFO hotspot, man, because mm-hmm. I keep seeing them. I've got video twice. One night, we were, me and this guy from Michigan was there. He was, I took him to the bar and we did some open mic. We were right back to my house. We hit the uh, Moss Lake exit. Mm-hmm. He said, what the hell is that? And we looked up. There's this giant black bee hovering over the woods right behind my house. I mean, it was so big, it was blocking out the stars. Mm. And we were like, what the hell? So we hurried up, and I ran in the house to the, to my eyes. I said, get the camera, get the camera. <laughs> and uh, by the time she gets out there, it's gone. But it was, up beside, it was beside the moon. It looked like the moon had a moon. Mm-hmm. And later on the next week, it was showing, it came back, but it was a big ball lit up like that. I got photographs of that one. And mm. then the video of the last one that was there, we were out back. The, the neighbor was standing there. I was walking down. The neighbor was standing there shaking. I was with his phone like this. I said, what are you doing? He said, look. And it's it was up there again, the same V. Yeah. And I said, you, are you filming that? And he said, yeah. I said, give me that phone. And he was shaking. I said, give me that. And I was there just perfectly <laughs> calm. I said, whoa. <laughs> and uh, he said, what do you think that was? I said, well, it wasn't from here. I'm pretty sure because the way it, this is yeah. gone. Unless they didn't do have technology like that and not telling nobody, which I wouldn't doubt that either. <laughs> it's always, it. always possible. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do politics or damn uh, shit. I don't do drama politics and that. And religion, people say, what's your religion? Uh, I'm a believer. Uh, I'm not a Christian by no means. I'm not an angel by no means. For that, I never claim to be an angel. But I do try to be a good man. I try to be good to everybody. And yeah, so, but yeah. the, I tell people, I say, look, before there was Christ and all that stuff, there were people just believed. So that's what I'm going to claim as I am. <laughs> I identify as a believer. Yeah. So you used to write a lot of songs. You, were, you, kind, of, you kind of alluded to that earlier, but I, I remember you talking about, I think on the Rooster Podcast, about how you write a song, at least one song every day. I write one every day. Yeah. Every single day I write a new song. I just finished one today. Yeah. Because Strike Me Blind, I did a video and all. Mm-hmm. Ready? I'm going to post it on YouTube when I get home tonight. Yeah, I, mean, I can't I can't help it. I have to. Yeah. I'd go, I'd, you think I'm crazy now? Shit. <laughs> They said, we got some medication to fix that. And the first time I took the meds, I said, oh, no, I ain't taking any more of them. <laughs> I like being coherent. I don't yeah. want to drool all over my shirt every time I turn around. I was, pulling, I was, I was quoting Jack Nicholson from them lines from them. One Flew Over the Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. It's one of my favorite Classic. movies. Classic. Yeah. And then I, I became an old name minister for the Latter-day Church of the Dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a Dudist priest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, you, you've done some like collaborations as well. Like oh with, yeah, uh, I do a lot other, of collaborations. With, with I got other artists. Different man, different ones. Me and Peggy. Now the thing that really got me was I was about ready to quit and retire. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to that point where I was about done. You know, just tried out these different bands stuff and just trying to get them going. And I, I had thirteen, and it worked really good for a while. And that's one of those situations where it turned into the babysitting thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I could not get call no names on that man. That's just hitting, going past yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, past. Yeah. And uh, but then Pekka hit me up. The guy from Finland, Pekka Loikinen. Mm-hmm. And we were talking. I got a friend named. First, I started with a friend named Sheldon Scribner. Made him on MySpace. He said, "I got a, He said, "I love the way you write lyrics, man." He said, "I got a couple songs. Could use some lyrics." He said, "You want to try them?" I said, "Yeah, send them to me." So he sent them to me, and I did the same thing. I did, did the lyrics for him, and I did a demo track with the vocals, how the melody went. Mm-hmm. He said, who's that singing? I said, that was me. He said, you want to do a couple more? I said, yeah. So then Pekka was a friend of Sheldon's. Pekka in Finland, he's, he, oh, my God, one of the most phenomenal guitar mm. players and songwriters I've ever met. Yeah. And uh, I was, like, shocked when he sent me this thing. He sent me four tracks first thing. And I was listening to him, going, holy crap. It woke that fire back up, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like when I started writing with him, we've got, we're up to forty three songs now. Okay. And uh, every one of I mean, it sounds like we've been playing playing together all our lives. Mm-hmm. And I said, nobody's I ain't never really gelled with anybody like that. And it shot, the, the Ramsey Lorgan project became a thing that went got bigger than we thought it was going to get. Project, we, he flew here from Finland. We did a show, and it was we did the biggest draw of the whole concert. <laughs> it was a trip, and we got over and jammed, did our set and stuff. And the same thing, we hired some of the guys, local guys, mm-hmm. to play for us, you know, did, learn songs and play them. And that was, and Pega, man, he, he got here in August <laughs> from Finland. <laughs> he said, Oh my god, it's hot here, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He about died, man, from the heat. But man, he was—we had so much fun when he was here. Then I did a few interviews on TV, a bunch on YouTube. The Big D's Redneck Minute, and I did the Gaston Camp, the Gaston College interview. Man, that went pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That night, I down got drunk. I was drinking liquor all night long, and they called, they hit me up, told me they want me to do that interview the next day. Yeah. So I stayed up. I figured, oh, I'm going to sleep. So I stayed up all night drinking, and I had a <laughs> coffee mug. <laughs> When it's little igloo coffee mug, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't coffee. <laughs> and I was sitting there doing that interview, man. It tore up, and they didn't even know it. 
it was funny. <laughs> and uh, the niggers, I was just talking. I was being me, man. You know, was it was it like broadcast on the radio or they broadcast everywhere, man? Yeah, yeah. It, went, it went global. Yeah. <laughs> it was a trip. Then I did when I was I got signed by Morbid Records out of Canada in 2012. Okay, and I did some songs for them, mm-hmm. and uh, they they went pretty good. And they, they did a big interview with me on their radio show. That's on YouTube. You can find that because they sent me a clip, the whole track. Yeah, of the interview, and it's pretty cool, pretty fun. And then, uh, after that, I, said, I started meeting all kind of people, man. Just out to out of out to loop people, mm-hmm. like the, the hellbilly people, and the, the like uh, Hank Three and all them cats, you know, oh, the, yeah, the wild, yeah. crazy whites in West Virginia. Because I, I go up, I go up there in West Virginia. I got a friend named Wayne Albright, man, and he mm-hmm. lives right there in that neighborhood, and everybody parties together. And that's when I met. You Hank ever Tree. met Jessica? Yeah, I met okay. Jessica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I met the whole family. I saw him at Milestone. I met, I met, the whole I, I met him at Milestone one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know about the Milestone. Just, yeah. He came, he came through, uh, it's like 2006 or something. He's calmed down a lot, though, since he's older. But yeah, man, yeah. Back then, he was he was like he was on that movie. Yeah, he just came through and, and danced and and. and in his dad's shoes stuff yeah yeah it was it was interesting it was very interesting in his interesting. dad's shoes <laughs> when I met Hank when Hank 3 was there hangs out with him mm-hmm. and I remember looking at him I didn't know who he was I said man you look just he was singing I said man you sounded like Hank Williams Sr. I said you look like him too yeah he's my great grandpa I said what yeah. <laughs> damn that's pretty cool but he was just like everybody else man sitting around smoking weed going yeah. in and hanging out that's like all those people I met and all the people I hung out with this shit they're all just normal people Ain't nothing about being a star or nothing like that. Nobody really cared about that shit till the record company showed up. Yeah, that's what I've always noticed when I've gotten to meet somebody like that. It's always just like, it's just somebody else. That, it's it's man, somebody that plays yeah. music like me. Yeah, we met David Lee Roth on Crowder's Mountain. Mm-hmm. Repelling. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Was, <laughs> I remember when he came through and he did that. And I was like, oh. We were up there partying. I thought we'd only know when I went to Crowder's Mountain. We were up there drinking. <laughs> we carried a keg up there, man. And and we, back in the day, we wouldn't know the park and stuff. It was just a mountain. Everybody mm-hmm. lined up there and partied. We had a keg of beer ticket up there. We're sitting there drinking beers and stuff. And he came up and he started talking and he laughed. I said, "Man, you laughed just like David Lee Roth." He said, "And David Lee Roth." I said, "Bullshit." <laughs> he pulls him off. It was him. He gave us tickets to his show. <laughs> it was killer, man. He was just the same way, man. He was just just as nutty in person as he was on everything else. But he was yeah, yeah. real cool, man. Mm-hmm. Now I have met some that thought they were God's gift to the world. Oh yeah, There's, those exist for sure. <laughs> the, the egos, man. That's why, like when I used to run the mic, I tell them, "I say, leave that ego at the door. We don't mm-hmm. do them here." That's one thing I never do. I never turn nobody down. I never put nobody down. Yeah. Because you can't, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be. One thing I like about this area is the, the camaraderie between mm-hmm. the bands and how everybody supports each other. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I mean, you, you do have exceptions to that. Yeah, there's but, a few. But, but, um, but around here, that's what I've noticed is that yeah, people really do kind of support each other. It's and, great, man, I think. I, mean, I think that's one of the greatest things. That's, like, that's what I liked about the Rooster, man. What Michael did with the Rooster mm-hmm. was fantastic. The, the place needed a place. We needed a place like the Rooster. Yeah, yeah. Cause that, cause there was really nowhere for anybody to go do the kind of stuff that gets done at the rooster. Mm-hmm. No, not just to have fun doing it. Yeah. Because you had to go in there. Some places you go in, and you do try to do stuff, and you got to worry about you got to watch your back the whole time. And I just never could do it. And I've never been in that mentality. Yeah, I like the Gaston has got a place like that now. Oh um, yes, yeah, they needed it. Yeah. Which you know, like they've been so many. I've met so many really good artists there too, man. A bunch of them I got to go there for that mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd invite them on Facebook and stuff. I'd hit them up. And say, hey, man, you got to come check out this open mic, man. You're gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I love that place, man. I love Michael and him to death. You know, just I hope he does really well, man, with it. Because then watch it and keeps his eyes open. And, yeah, yeah. And just make sure that, he, that he's good with everything. But I, I love that man to death. 
I love the whole place, man. That's that's one of my favorite places to ever be in. That right there, it's like the, to me that was like the whiskey, mm-hmm. like it was in California, right in L.A. or Hollywood. I mean, but it's them. That's what the roosters can become. Because mm-hmm. what was that club that used to be on the corner of One Fifty One? What was that club, man? God, it was a big place. Had the dove, dove level downstairs and stuff. I can't remember oh, the name. Man, of it. Audio yeah, I know what you're talking about. Audio slave play there, and then you know, a. Tantric played. Yeah, yeah. So what was the name of that place? Anyway. It was, it was a pretty cool little bar. Yeah, yeah. I was there when Tantric played, and I was out there singing along with him. He said, who's that singing my song like that? <laughs> <laughs> so talk about some of the things you're doing these days. Have we skipped over any like projects or bands that you've no, been in? No, no. I'm good on that. But right now, as a matter of fact, I do have a, something to tell you. Yeah. I'm doing an I'm going to start a new album next this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be called Ramsey Songs. I've got a little over 684 originals. Mm-hmm. And I can't do them all. And a lot of them I wrote for other people to sing anyway. I wrote, I can hear somebody sing, and I can picture their vocals in my head while I'm doing the song. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do the CD, probably a double CD. And um, I pay for everything. Nobody has to pay any money. I get them to a demo and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm doing from every genre. It doesn't matter what genre you do. Now, Tracy Hammerick from... Uh, backwards he's going with me this Sunday to do two songs mm-hmm. and then the next so I'm going to do a different act every time and then everybody do one, cover one of the songs and you know if they want to get paid I pay them you know it's fine or they can just get the CD and come in the studio get the studio time and get on the CD mm-hmm. I mean it's not going to cost anything if you do it for the love of the craft then come on yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all they go to hit me up on Facebook or just call me at my number mm-hmm. and you, can, you shoot that to them on the, yeah on, yeah because uh, I don't want to broadcast that every day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I got a call blocker that blocks robots and them telemarketers, but I like to answer for the telemarketers every now and again because <laughs> I got this. Wait. Where's she going? I got this. <laughs> screaming goat. <laughs> That's what I asked for for Christmas. <laughs> I asked for a screaming goat for Christmas. They got me this damn thing. But I love it. It is what's so good. I'm going to put it in a song. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, my daughter said that my stepdaughter's raving she said I, well, I, I call them they're my stepdaughters but I call them my daughters because I raised them from oh, babies yes. I've, I've got a I daughter like that babies. myself yeah and uh, raving bless her heart she actually just like me I don't know where to be proud or scared <laughs> And but yeah and then I, besides, other than that I've, t- I've t- thought about doing some stuff for the I got a friend that has a portable studio that he can take around with him mm-hmm. and uh, all these bars that do the karaoke stuff I've told them I've, I've come up with an idea where come in and record their best live night, like mm-hmm. karaoke or whatever, like an open mic night or something like that, record it and pick out the songs they want to use. Yeah. Make them a CD of it. Yeah. And name it after the bar. Like Rooster, I would have called it Rooster Tracks. Yeah. And then uh, have the band come in to record and do it like that, Rooster Tracks, and then the, sell it at the bar. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anything from it. I just wanted the music to get out. Yeah, yeah. That's and, uh, a good idea. I, I picked up a couple of CDs just a couple of days ago from their WNCW CDs, but it's all like people that recorded live in the studio. Right. studio. That's so, what I'm screaming. So. To do a live show, but like, karaoke, pick out the karaoke singers you want, but like the open mic, catch it live. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't sell yeah. it like open mic rooster tracks. Mm-hmm. And then the people would buy it. The customers, the regulars would buy it. The families would buy it. Yeah. And it would sell. And you make your money back, if, or you'd make more. Actually, you ain't spending no money. You gonna, the only thing you do is make money because yeah. I'm paying for everything. I don't do it. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm all about just making sure this, the music gets out there and nobody gets burned. Yeah. Because I've seen people get burned and they don't need it. That's mm-hmm. not fair. 
I tell all of them, somebody asks you for money, tell them to kick rocks. Because yep. no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. If they want you dead, pay for it. Yep. Simple as that. Yeah, I've never understood the whole pay-to-play thing. Apparently, it still goes on, especially in the, music- rap, in, in the rap world. And I just don't get it. I mean, Real music got me, yeah. man, when I was 13. <laughs> they, and we played in Tremont. I'll never forget. No, it was DAD when I played with DAD. I stood in for bass on DAD. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come up with these tickets to sell. <laughs> I thought, like, well, I done sold all mine. You know, I sold like $200 worth. I said, hey, we can make a good leak on this. No, 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 no. Nobody got paid. Yeah. That was just for exposure. I said, I've been exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what more do you want? Take my blood. Yeah. Take, take my anything. Just uh, don't take that away from me because I'm out of beer. <laughs> I used to tell people that all the time. People used to damn tell me shit, man. They say, man, are you really as wild as you think you, as they say you are? I said, I don't know, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do, I don't do confirm or deny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I let people think what they wanted to think. Except for the devil worship shit. I had to call, I had to school them on that one, man. Yeah, yeah. I said, man, I why would you think that I would believe anything the devil would pop up and say? <laughs> <laughs> I read the books. <laughs> I've seen what happens. <laughs> no, thank you. Like today's music. It's like the record companies today. They sink all their money into their cash cow. Mm-hmm. Like there for a while, it was Justin Bieber mm-hmm. and then Taylor Swift. And they let, these, they let these really great bands and acts just fall to the wayside. Oh, yeah. And don't, and they just, some of them fizzle out and just get discouraged and just walk away from it. Yeah, a lot of bands end up quitting when it doesn't work out for and, them. And it's just, just, they get discouraged and it just fizzles out and they, they walk away and don't never play again. Don't mm-hmm. even try. And uh, that's the part that freaks me out. It's like, how could you not do something like that? I mean, how could you not play? I mean, dude, I can't stop. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Tried, I told this one time, I said, I'm going to retire. I'm not going to play anymore. And then I feel like that dude on the damn Godfather 2, you know, every time I try to get out, they drag me back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had my, my time away from it, mostly, you know, family reasons. Yeah. Kid, kids were little, and it was easier not to play than it was to play. But, of course, I, I can't I can't live without doing it, so I'm, I'm back imagine, doing it again. <laughs> I couldn't imagine it, man, because I'd be back. I would be batshit crazy. But I'd, well, I can't, ima- I can't imagine ever going back to that that seven years that I wasn't playing. I should have been playing music the whole time. Should, yeah, you could have sat been, around in your room and played or something. I'd have been a lot happier. Well, I did a little bit of that, but that didn't, that yeah, didn't really fulfill been, me. That's, that's where the happiness comes in, yeah, man. Yeah. If you're not happy doing what you're doing, you can't do it well. Exactly. So, I mean, if I was... I, I, I could play by myself, but it didn't didn't fulfill me. I need to be playing myself all the time. Well, that that fulfills me, but, but, but you know, but, but I need to be playing with a band, and that that just wasn't going on. There's nothing like time. a band behind yeah, you. Yeah. That's a fact. Because that night we did the blues night at the Rooster, man. They all up on stage. I said that I was going to just sing with them. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "What you want to do?" I said, "You know, tore down and storm your money." Said, yeah, I said the last one just make something up. <laughs> and we made it up. Did that at uh, Winter Circle a couple weeks back. Yeah. Tom Dowd and all them guys got up there and I said, hey man, you want to play guitar with me, Tom? He said, hell yeah. He said, what do you want to play? I said, I'm going to make it up. <laughs> he said, what do you mean make it up? I said, you start playing something, 12 bar blues, and they kick it off. Mm-hmm. We kicked it off, man. I'm making that shit up as we went. And everybody's like, well, what happened? What happens that off of us? <laughs> None yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> said, That's my thing too, man. I can even come up with lyrics so fast. It ain't funny, man. I'm listening to Jimmy Hendrix in Purple Haze the other night, and I don't know why, man, it popped in my head, but I started going, Green Ankles is the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard that somebody does a version of that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they do. That like might a, be where I heard it, man. Yeah, it popped yeah. in my head. I was it's, like, it's, it's, uh, that sounds familiar. I think somebody did that oh, like, good, years man, ago. I, think I was thinking I was crazy there for a minute because I heard that shit in my head. I was like, what's wrong with me? I can't remember who it was. It's like though, when I rapped the Gilligan's Island song when I'm in the shower, driving yeah. the old lady crazy. <laughs> but as soon as you did that, I'm like, I think I remember that. Who was it? Oh!
I wake up happy because I woke up. <laughs> I'm in the shower rapping the Gilligan's Island song or the, the Beverly Hillbillies or something, man. And she, I thought you hated rappers. Not since I met Tommy. No. <laughs> I told him I was going to do a couple of songs. He said, I needed permission. He sent me a video giving me permission. He said, that's better than a thing and right, man. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and he's independent, too. He's one of the guys like me, though, man. He stays in, wanting to stay independent, not mm-hmm. have no record deals and stuff. But he's doing really good. And I'm, you know, I've had my day. I've had my time in the sun, and I uh, have. I'm thinking about going into producing, just d- producing bands, mm-hmm. and because I, I know I, dr- I know how these record companies treat them, they never get done like that with me because I, I wouldn't let that happen. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather take care of the band and the music because the music matters. The songs matter. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. That's that's my thing, man. The songs and the music matter. That's one thing that got instilled into me when I was young. I don't know why. Is that so? They jumped in my head and they never left. Because I I did it on my damn SoundClick page. I got 687 songs. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Ten albums. Yeah. One of them's a a Led Zeppelin tribute album. Mama said the way you move Gonna make you sweat Gonna make you groove I, I child the way you swing Gonna make you burn I'm gonna make you sting Hey, hey, baby, when you walk that way, watch your honey drip, can't keep away. Got a roll, can't stand still, got a flame heart, can't get my feel. Yeah, it's a trip. Like that. I had to do I had to pay homage to my damn Oh yeah. Who did? Yeah, yeah. Now everybody was giving me a hard time going to do karaoke and man. I said, I'm just keeping my chops up. Yeah. If I'm gonna have to sing, I'm gonna sing and I pick out some obscure shit to sing too, man. I've been doing Tom Jones, I Who Have Nothing. Okay. Wider Shade of Pale and I go old school. Mm-hmm. Then I went to then I did some super tramp, you know, early morning yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I'd go from that to sticks. Then I'd jump from sticks down to the damn Pearl Jam or damn Alice in Chains. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have, do you, don't you have some problems like with playing guitar these days? Like you can't play guitar Wait, as easily? If it's rainy as... and cold, I got arthritis in my left hand. Yeah. And it's like this, the knuckles swell up mm-hmm. over and down. I can't bend my fingers. Yeah. Because I know you sometimes when you do like uh, open mics, you bring your own tracks like, yeah, on a flash yeah, drive. I, 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 brought, I got so used to doing it. Man, you know what's a trip? Is I didn't think that would go over well in some of these bars. Mm-hmm. And I actually did a few gigs with that. Yeah. And it's crazy because I got like four hours worth of stuff on there. You know, I did uh, the Legion. I was there for that walkathon thing. They had the mm-hmm. walking rock. That was all good. That was, that was for a good deal. 
I mean, anytime it's a benefit for something worthy, I mean, I'm in. I'm mean, yeah, usually yeah. one of the first to volunteer. But uh, yeah, dude, I'm done. At first, I didn't know how I was gonna do it because I I didn't know whether to hire these guys to come play because they didn't know I didn't know how they were gonna act about doing just setting up to do three songs and then sit yeah off. yeah. You know, I would have paid them. You know, that's what I told them. Everybody, I tell, everybody does anything with me, I get paid because mm-hmm. I pay them. I make it worth their time. You know, I ain't gonna let nobody just slide off and not get paid. Cause, hey, like, when I did the uh, open mic, tried to start it up, Mike uh, rumors. I paid the sound guy fifty bucks first night. I said, mm-hmm. hey, man, I appreciate you coming in. Nobody showed up. <laughs> but, oh wow! Uh, it was just me and Robert E. Lee. Yeah. And and one lady would come in and sang one song, and then she was done. And then they started doing karaoke. I said, Well, hell, man! I said, How about this? Why don't we do a karaoke open mic? People do their karaoke songs. It might be an artist come up there and sing and play their songs. Yeah, you could you could mix it up like that. Yeah, it would, it would work. And, I think it would work, yeah. and it would get more people in there and mm-hmm. a whole plethora of different clientele. Mm-hmm. And if you, you got a really good, relaxed place, that's what I'm thinking about doing. Trying to find a place to open up like that and just have it like that. Just have karaoke open mic yeah, every yeah. night of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every night, come in and do what you want to do. Yeah, just don't don't do it badly. But I, but I have seen you play open mic. And play guitar. Yeah, I play too. guitar and bass. Still, you still got it. Still got I it. I play guitar, <laughs> keep bass, keyboards, and I still play some of the licks, man, that trip me out that I still know how to do them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it's just freestyle, though. I just freestyle to see that stuff. Is, I mean, I learn it, the basic parts of it. I learn the basic chords to a song. Mm-hmm. Then I take it from there. Yeah. And I just turn it into mine. I don't know. Some of them I do exactly like it, but almost. Not exactly like it, but close enough to where people recognize it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that damn Chris Cornell. I never thought I'd be able to sing Chris Cornell songs. Just like the whole COVID introduced me to a whole line of songs mm-hmm. of music. Because I used to, when Machine, we only did metal. We only did metal and hard rock. And then COVID hit, and I'm stranded out in the country <laughs> for that two years when they had us all locked down and stuff. And I started, people started hitting me up and saying, hey man, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And I'm like, okay. And I, I, was, I was writing, that's writing the songs still like normal every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started tra- checking out cover tunes. That's when I started doing cover tunes again. I started just trying different ones from the old days. Yeah, yeah. When I did uh, I did that damn Super Tramp. <laughs> and uh, what was it then? Joe Cocker's version of Get By High with a Little Help My Friends. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then I did the one that got me going was It's a Heartache, Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. I did that, and I said, holy shit, because my throat was sore and raspy. Mm-hmm. I said, I wonder who I could sing it sound right with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of times when you do cover songs, you do like a totally, like your own spin on it. I do my own spin yeah, on it, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I... was like, like when I, when, you know, like when I did Lady Gaga that night at one bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just, I, just, I had never tried it before. I just thought, well, let's do something different. Yeah. They had a piano player that would play along with anybody that played mm-hmm. and wanted to sing if he knew the song. And I asked him, I said, do you know that song by Lady Gaga off that movie, uh, Remember Us This Way? And he said, yeah. He said, who's going to sing it? I said, me. This is before I got married. And I was like, hair down to my ass mm-hmm. and this stuff. Looked like a Viking beard down to here. And he said, they were, he's like, come on, man. No, man. And people chew you up out here, man. I said, no, man. It's all good, man. I said, I don't mind. It's all for fun. And we got up there. And I knew the key. And he asked me about key. I said, it's like A short, A minor. And he said, okay. I said, or you can go to G, it don't matter me. I said, just play. <laughs> and then the, oh, the guy at MC started making a joke about it. And he said, there this big old biker biking dude's going to sing some Lady Gaga for you. <laughs> and uh, everybody started giggling and laughing. I said, there's a staring on the mic waiting. And I looked at that pen player and he, I said, and he hit that first note and I started singing. You know, and everybody just shushed. Mm-hmm. The whole room went quiet. 
and it was crazy. And I got done, and I thought, they're still quiet. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, I really did miss it. Then they started cheering. That dude looked at me and said, I cannot believe that happened. <laughs> I said, I'm glad you told the guy to record it. Because he yeah. told the, the MC, he said, hey, man, record this. They think like, we're going to get a joke song for later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Cause I put it, he sent it to me. He said, I said, man, you going to send me a copy of that? He said, oh, hell yeah. He said, give me an email. <laughs> he said, that's the quietest that we've ever been. <laughs> I said, oh, yay. The Arizona sky burning in your eyes. You look at me and babe, I wanna catch on fire Buried in my soul, like California glow You find the light in me that I couldn't find So when I'm all choked up and I can't find the Every time I say goodbye, baby, it hurts When the sun goes down And the band won't play I'll always remember us It's a way Lovers in the night Always trying to write so 15 minutes of fame keeps on having it on now. When I did America's Got Talent. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I did America's Got Talent, they kept walking up to me going, we love you, look. <laughs> I didn't even know I had to look. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I said, who are you talking to? They said, you. I said, oh. And then they took me to the VIP section, and honestly, that's when I found out how fake that was. Yeah. They were telling me what to say. I was like, I know how to talk. And then they wanted, man, when I, they already knew who was going to win before the first audition. Yeah. I checked out on that too, man. Then they still had a, everything they did was planned and, and plotted and choreographed. So, was there anything? Did you make it on TV at all? Or? Yeah, no, they didn't get. No, I would have. Yeah. If I hadn't questioned the the stuff they wanted me to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'd do anything for damn music, but there's some things I just, if I can't do it good, I'm not going to even try it. Do yeah, it. yeah. You got to do their songs, their list of songs. And if you do your original songs, they automatically own it. Mm hmm. 100% of it. I ain't doing that either. Yeah, yeah, really. Because <laughs> my contracts, I got. My, I had a lawyer with BMI, and he worked me out a good contract, man. It's like I keep 100% ownership of my songs, and I get 65% of the royalties mm -hmm. and from there on out. And it's just one of them deals like, yeah, I wasn't about to give my songs up, especially the songs they wanted me to give them. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no. She Ain't You is probably one of my more popular songs. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of bands that do that song. And when I, I wrote that with the machine. Okay. I, wrote, I was walking down the road to go into band practice. I just started thinking about that. What do dude laying there thinking about a nerd chick when he's laying beside a nut? And, you know, so, and the words started like naturally flowing in the music. We got in the band and said, hey, man, try this. And I started showing them the lick I had made. Mm -hmm. And Harold jumped in on it. Then Chris jumped in through a lead run in it. And Tommy Brooks, bless his heart, he was a guitar player. And he kept, our drummer Got fired. Chris mm. fired the drummer. He just had a whole other damn fiasco there. But Tommy Brooks showed up and said, hey, man, I'd like to try out for drums. You're a guitar player. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I want to try out, man. I said, okay. We gave him a cassette play, cassette tape. Back in the day, we had cassettes. Yeah. We, had, <laughs> we had a pencil ready at all times. We recorded every rehearsal, man, on this big old boombox. Mm -hmm. And we listened to it and catch what we messed up on and shit. Yeah, we, we used to do that, too. And, uh, 
Hell, I've tried doing it. it like with the more recent like with Van Huskins, but then we never go back and listen to it. Oh shit! You're supposed <laughs> it's to. like that's automatic. We've done this to it before. We'd we'd all be hind and dragging. Around. We'd oh, that's, that's when, when I was younger. I did that. We'd we'd be, we'd as soon as we're done, listen to it again. I do it. But yeah, man, we do that, and but it was funny, man, because Chris fired the drummer, and Tommy showed up, and he gave me that tape, and then the next week he showed up at Van Patrick said, "I'm ready to jam with y'all." I said, "In one week, you done all them songs." He said, "All of them." Let's go. He went in, man. He was hired that night before he left. And we, he stayed with us for the next 11 years. Mm-hmm. We played all over the place, man. Just, and, he, and finally, I think his dad gave him an ultimatum. From, I'm pretty sure. Choose the band or inheritance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have took the inheritance, too. <laughs> That's what somebody said. What do you do if you won a lottery? I said, I'd buy King's Mountain. I'd put a fence around it, tell everybody to get out of my yard. <laughs> no, I'd probably donate the shit like I do everything else. I mean, like the money I get from royalties and stuff like that, I, I send it straight to St. Jude's. I don't mm. even damn bother looking at it. I, I, I had a damn bit, a karaoke song. BMI hit me up and said, you got a song that's going really good in, and it was going good in Korea. Is it, did you know about that? I said, no. Mm. And this song I wrote a long time ago, man. I forgot all about it. <laughs> and uh, they sent me the track and they said, here you go, this is yours. And a check for $4.18. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, now I can say the farm help mom get the vibration. <laughs> I said, is that a lot of money in Korea? I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was so old, it hadn't been used in a long time. But BMI, they're really diligent about finding stuff in there. Mm. They go scan. They, once they get you in there and your name's in there and they got your ideas and stuff in there, they will go out and look for other stuff. Yeah. Now, the whole thing with with the damn busting bands and clubs for them doing cover tunes, that bugs the shit out of me, man. Because all those bands started out as cover tunes. Mm-hmm. They know what it was like and why they would bitch and raise hell. Yeah. I mean, why? Pass it on, dude. Pass that torch. I, mean, I, I don't think it's so much the, the bands that care the about it. It's, the, uh, yeah, it's the record label. Yeah, it's the record label. Because they they're all about the money. They'll pat you on the back, smile at you. The, that smile never reaches their eyes. I think most bands, you know, if they walk into a club and see a band playing their song they're going to be pretty stoked about that yeah I, I've always been stoked about it man every time I hear somebody do one of my tunes I'm like yeah, yeah. cool man that's, that's pretty cool I mean when, especially when they get up there and do it and, and, and the crowd responds really well oh yeah yeah. I'm like yeah that means they wrote a song they wrote a good song you know <laughs> well is there anything else that we haven't that we've forgotten to talk about or is there anything else you want to talk about that's, I'm good man did I tell you about my grandpa's t- grandma's toe in a jar <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't tell me about that <laughs> uh, man we're done then <laughs> and she had a toe in a jar she'd say hey, come here see grandma let me show you have you seen my toe in a jar and there she'd show us her little gnarled up toe oh <laughs> it was horrifying weird I got raised right <laughs> <laughs> now did you want to talk anything about no addressing those rumors and yeah, stuff yeah 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 there were some rumors going around about me man it's people just rather believe the lies and the rumors than come ask me themselves you know because you come to the source just i'm not gonna lie to you i'll tell you i ain't no angel i am no angel but i ain't done none of the shit that i got accused of must like the letters and stuff that got sent out to the clubs i yeah. didn't do that yeah the whole dope deal man i don't do that because i can't i can hard condition if i can't speak my heart if i do i die yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, be, naturally, I, I'm naturally I, hyper like this I, i'd be afraid these days myself to do anything like that like. I ain't touching nothing like that, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm dubious about weed nowadays, man. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know if that's a GMO shit, man. <laughs> I saw a tomato slice swimming. I don't know what the <laughs> hell. But uh, no, all this, all, this is my thing for people. You know, yeah, you can believe what you want to believe. But if you want to know the truth, you can come ask me. I'm not going to be mad. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to be violent. I'm not going to deny if it's true. If you if you come and ask me about something that's true, I'm going to tell you, yeah, hell yeah, I did that. I'd probably do it again. Like, you know, as far as damn being, and I'm naturally wired. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> and I'm naturally crazy, and I got a lot to say because I'm usually sitting home by myself with two dogs, and they suck at conversation, and I want to around <laughs> you. When I'm around humans, I want to talk. You know, I want to get some of this shit out. That's what I've learned living here with cats. It's like, you well, know. People say it. People ask you, say, what's been going on? Well, by God, you ask. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I mean, like, fireman bill. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I saw a meme yesterday. It was like. When, when when you ask somebody how they how they're doing, they actually tell you, and then it's got the guy just kind of staring off in his face. Yeah. That's kind of funny, but really, like if you ask, it, you know, I ain't kidding. I ain't kidding. <laughs> you, you, might, you might be getting you might get be getting a story, or just, you, I'm I might always, tell you. but I'm always honest and open about everything I do, man. It's, I just I don't I don't I had no reason to lie or keep a secret from you. Know? I love my fans. I love the music. I love everybody I've met. I like all my friends. But then you know you find out sometimes when you find out when that stuff happens, you find out who really is your friend, who isn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, Facebook is the worst thing that could ever happen. Because you go in there and you see the comments people leave behind. And and it's the fact that everybody chose to believe lies, though, man, is what tripped me out. They mm-hmm. chose to believe the, the bad shit. Like, they were just, like, waiting on something to hear something bad about me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, like they were going to pounce That's on that That's how crap. a lot of people are, though. They they, they like to hear They want to hear the, they would rather hear the drama. Yeah. Than the boring-ass truth. Yeah. I'm going to tell you all something <laughs> right now. I am no rock star at home. I leave my underwear on the floor and my socks on the floor and I get fussed at and I don't do shit. I walk dogs and I'm a treat dealer. <laughs> I deal with treats. And I, I got a cat that I feed and it just, damn it, that I do it right immediately. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I know how those cats are. <laughs> and I, and I, I watch TikTok and YouTube during the day and night, you know, and I'm writing songs every day. So I'm home. Everybody knows where I live. That's what kills me. Some of these cats knew where I lived. They mm-hmm. could have came and stayed to my house and said, hey, yeah. man, is this true? Now, thankfully, I did have a friend that gave me a heads up about that letter thing. Hmm. I didn't even know about it. It had been online two weeks, and I didn't even know. Hmm. And everybody was mad about it. And I was like, no wonder everybody's been like treating me like a pariah. <laughs> so uh, what, what's, what's the deal with it? You don't have to tell exactly what the letter is. It but... was a letter about another band, a friend of somebody I know. Yeah, yeah. And putting them down, and it got sent, or not sent, but put in the mailbox of every bar around. Mm-hmm. And like was, bars they'd be playing or yeah, bars they yeah, played and yeah. stuff just cutting them down bad and there's there's a female friend of the band now this letter read like another woman talking because mm-hmm. only a woman could talk only a woman could put another woman down that that cold because <laughs> I was thinking I wish I'd have thought of some of those cut downs you know because some of them were really sharp you know like, <laughs> like, like Walmart needs greeters too you know like shit like that and I was like man why and then plus I don't I do not have a license. I don't drive. Mm-hmm. I've never drove. I mean, I drive good, but I can't do it legally. <laughs> but uh, I got called a bunch of times, and they told me not to ever try driving again. So, mm-hmm. and I got plus I got the attention span of a puppy, so I don't need to be operating a vehicle. And I've been pretty cool being a passenger for life, and I always strategically place myself close enough to where I can walk to something if I need it. <laughs> I can say I, I remember even as a teenager, I remember seeing you walking around town all the time, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I walked everywhere, man. It was just like that's why then the California hoof didn't nearly bother mm. me that bad. But I wouldn't do it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got money. Yeah, yeah. No it. way. It's like I got fat, man. As I got older, I didn't realize <laughs> I got this bead. Like I had a shower in my legs and still dry. I'm mad as hell. <laughs> I dropped an apple the other day and it started circling me. <laughs> yeah, man, I digress. Anyway, the whole letter of fiasco, I mean, as much as people wanted to believe that stuff, I did, I did not do anything like that. I wouldn't do anything like that. That's mm. just that's just petty. Yeah, yeah. I've never cut anybody down or put anybody down. There's a guy that even commented on that one day at a, at a bar. He said, man, I've never heard you say anything bad about nobody. 
I said, if you ever hear me say something bad, it's, they ask for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm it's like, if you ask me for the truth, you're getting the truth. If you ask me for my opinion, you're getting my opinion. Mm-hmm. Don't come like I call people that do that. They ask you for advice, and then not use it. Yeah, I call them assholes. <laughs> assholes. That's what you are. You, yeah. you, I tell you, I, I sit there and think about it and ponder on it. You know, sometimes I ponder on what pondering means. You know, <laughs> but and I tell, I come up with a good solution for them, and mm. I tell them this would work really good, and then look good on paper, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
like, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm glad you got we got to do this. Yeah. And I really did want to clear the air about those rumors and stuff, man. If I do, I've done every drug under the sun. I mean, I, people just say, what kind of dope you like? I said, what you got? Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I stuck to the, the shit I like, you know, weed and beer. Mm-hmm. PBRs, as a matter of fact. If you ain't got PBR, I will walk in and ask for a PBR. If you say you don't have a PBR, I will say, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cheat on my PBR. Yeah. <laughs> I don't cheat on my woman. I don't cheat on school test. I don't cheat on tests, and I definitely ain't cheating on my PBR. <laughs> but I'm glad we got to do this, man. It's oh yeah, fun. yeah. I've, I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. Like I said, the Kings Mountain connection. Oh, yeah. I, I knew you had some great stories. Some, man, some I'm telling you, I lived that stories. life of Forrest Gump, man. I'm yeah. just everything we're running. <laughs> If I run, if I had to run, I'm just, I'm doomed. We could probably do a whole podcast on just stories of you walking across America. Man, that shit was crazy. It was, I got to meet some really awesome and wonderful people that well, I still remember to this day. Some of them still are still alive, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping anyway. There were yeah. some really good people. There were some really good people. There were some shady people. Oh, yeah. So you learn how to life. tell. <laughs> you know, when you, I got, that's when I realized I could tell what people felt. This has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt media production.